On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing My Pet Monster from 1986. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 94. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your Poodle Thiever co-hoster, Cullen. In honor of today's movie, I am really, really hungry. (laughs) Today we are here to discuss the 1986 straight-to-VHS film, My Pet Monster. Cullen, how does one pet a monster? He did the mesh. Neither a historian who spent many years trying to unlock a statue of a monster he fears wishes to capture Max the validation of his life's chosen vocation. My Pet Monster is directed by Timothy Bond and stars Allison Court, Sonny Besson, Thrasher, Yannick Bisson, Colin Fox, and Kelly Rowan. Are they, hang on, are those all names? Some of those sound made up. They're, they are the names of our cast of My Pet Monster. Did, did you say Thrasher in there? My hearing. Sonny right. Besson Thrasher. That's okay. He plays Max. Sure. So that's his birth name. Well, the first cult cinema cavalcade episode of the year, twenty nineteen. Which, when you're in 2021 and you're listening back to old cult cinema cavalcade uh, episodes to see where they were before they made it big, it won't matter. <laughs> so that's what we're phoning this one in, folks. Yes. Hey, this one comes with a free postage stamp. <laughs> First off, show notes. I just want to take uh, a second and uh, thank the good people of PopCon and Fort Wayne for having me to their show to do some podcast stage stuff recently. It was a lot of fun and I appreciate it and I met a lot of good people. And uh, thanks for coming out to see the show. And uh, Cullen and I will be back this coming summer for Indie PopCon when that happens. And we'll do our show there. And who knows what kind of craptastic thing we can come up with with there moving on to my pet monster or as i kind of felt this uh, during this was like shitty elf <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah absolutely <laughs> like, this thing 
our younger viewers are probably like, the hell's this? But if you show somebody who probably was in uh, Colonized Generation, they'd be like, I know that. What is that? And you go, it's my pet monster. And they'd be like, I know that, but what is that? <laughs> they- like, this was a thing, but I don't remember anything more than that. Right. I, I remember my pet monster very well because uh, I wanted one so bad. Yeah, I didn't have one, but I wanted one. Yeah, yeah, and my parents were really good at ignoring things I wanted, so I never got one. <laughs> you just see that box or whatever, and it's that toy, and that's what it is. It's just a toy. It's an iconic a stuffed plush, animal. Yeah, and that's yeah. it's not like you know He Man started with action figures, and then bullshit came around it, and look where we're at. My pet monster was just a plush toy. Boys, they weren't making plush toys for boys back then, and this was like. Mm-hmm an attempt at making one for boys and I guess it got like super popular so we're like let's make a straight to video movie off of it and then it Mm -hmm. wound up having a show but it was like a cartoon show that had nothing to do with this that we're talking about today it's so strange so fucking strange here's the thing they made this toy it got super popular and they said oh crap we don't know how to make more money off of it because there's no story to this. It's just a furry monster that you can buy. Right. And it has orange shackles. And that's it. That's all, you know, that's before toys needed a backstory, I guess. But they said, like, no, we'll give it a backstory and make money off of it yeah, somehow. They made him friends, but I don't think anyone gave a shit. Like, I don't remember what his friends looked like, so... No, everyone wanted the monster because the monster looked awesome and had orange shackles. I remember the VHS going, they made a movie off this? I need to see it, and I never did. And guess what? When Colin and I did Cult Cinema Cavalcade, I added that to the list of our, you know, we always talk about the list. This is one of them, folks. We're knocking it off to start off the year. Classic Cullen branded list. My pet monster was made to our age group. The toy, (laughs) this video, you know, it happened right at the right time for us. We participated in none of it, right? Other than wanting it, and now we finally watched the movie for this thing in our thirties. <laughs> in our late thirties. I like to point that out. It took us. <laughs> I'm finally saying this. Decades. A lot of our lists come from like, oh, I remember that box, but I never rented it. This is one of those. And I mean, the My Pet Monster, when I see it, it feels iconic to me. That's how big this thing was to uh, like us mm-hmm. back then. But I don't, I didn't know his backstory. I didn't know anything other than his look. He just, they just made an effective looking toy or just one that <laughs> yeah. was everywhere. And that's why I remember it. Yeah. I remember, I, like I said, I wanted one. I thought it looked awesome. I'm trying to remember if I knew anyone that had one. Maybe I, I probably did yeah and it just sat in someone's room it's not like it was like i'm playing with my pet monster it was just like something that sat in a corner uh yeah well i mean it's like my buddy and kid sister like those toys but it's a monster but somehow less creepy (laughs) (laughs) its eyes aren't soulless right they're still disturbing but not soulless yeah, so, yeah, it's just it's just really strange. And, and we'll after we get done with this movie, we'll talk more about like some of the legacies that had to do with this movie. It's crazy, but the movie's not. We have uh, we have this opening credits scene when it starts, and it's set to Monster Mash, and it's almost like a hand drawn video game interpretation. Like it's like here's Keystone yeah. Cops, but with like 
our thing in the movie. It looks yeah. like a, like a something that belongs in joysticks. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally right. And it's got the Monster Mash playing, and it's done by High Tops, which I thought when I read when I was before we were doing this, like you know, High Tops made this movie. I'm like, I thought Tops baseball cards, but no, it's just this company called High Tops. I was like, why is the baseball card company making a movie? We open with this family, the 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 mom and the dad are getting ready for work, and she's got a blender making some gross green goop. It's a prune smoothie that she makes in hurricane glasses. Yeah. You know, I like, like to start your morning with an enormous glass of diarrhea-inducing prune juice. Go get on the bus, prune kids. smoothies. Yeah. See if you can hold why it. Was, why was it so green? Did they blend up leprechauns? Now I know why Max's stomach is gurgling all the time. <laughs> mom feeds him garbage like this. Rod is like the older brother, and, the, and then we have the middle child, Melanie, who's a girl. They're getting served this glasses of goop that nobody likes. We learn that Rod is taking this girl who he, so he's got a crush on this girl, Stephanie, and he's taking her dog for a walk later. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You guys will not believe who I have a date with tonight. Who? Stephanie Summers Poodle, that's who. Oh, I know. I'm dating Stephanie Summers, not her dog. You were eavesdropping. I'm gagging the whole time. And then Max shows up. He and Melly end up having to take off real fast because they're late to school, and they take a shortcut through yards and such, and they get to the bus just in time. And boy, with Max, I'll tell you what, they picked the right kid to hide in a monster suit for most of this movie, I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Let's get the goofiest looking kid we can find. Mm -hmm. Put him in our movie. And then we just jump to a field trip. (laughs) Yeah. The kids are like being led by a tour guide named Eugene Snyder. They're at some museum and he's this guy bitching to kids about like how his talents are being wasted by being their museum guide. Will no one else hire you? Right. Why? Why? (laughs) Someone calling sick that day? The museum job is great, but the kids tours. Oh. The worst. Certainly, he knew in the job interview this was going to happen. Right. He's got no one to blame but himself. Max, we find is he's hungry, gurgling stomach. Pull as uh, Melanie pulls out a sandwich, but he gets scolded by Snyder, who makes him throw out his food. And then Snyder takes the kids to these statues he found on an excavation. And then Melanie gives Max an apple during this, and he tells him the statues can turn anyone who stands before them into monsters. And then he continues to bitch the kids about his tour guide work, and then he leaves. I have spent half my life translating these hieroglyphs. Years of research and documentation, and for what? So my colleagues can call me crazy? So insignificant bunches of little brats like you can laugh at my theories? I am a man of science, not a tour guide. All the kids but Max follow him out, and then uh, some kid bullies him into making him drop his apple by the one of the statues. After he leaves, Max gets zapped by a statue, which turns him into a blue monster, and his sister sees it all. So, uh, I just want to make everyone clear on the fact that this kid, he drops the apple, he goes for it like you said. The only security in front of these statues that can turn people into monsters is a velvet rope. That's it. That's it. That's the old, there's, not, there's not a security guard that's up behind glass or anything. It's just three statues that can change your physical but appearance. I'm sure the museum is like thinks Eugene's full of shit. He's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. 
You know? Well, if they think he's full of shit, then why is, are these statues on display? Because they're artifacts in a museum. I mean, you bring King Tut, but you don't leave security guards sitting around, you know, in case he wakes from the dead and becomes a mummy at night. So I just no, felt like that. It's like you, that. But, but you also put King Tut behind glass. <laughs> you put, you know, You put a barrier more than just a thing anyone could step over. True. To kid don't touch. So Melanie and Max go to report to Snyder, who's excited about it, and he tells him Max is his ticket to fame and fortune, and then he locks him in his office as he leaves, and he goes to tell the school supervisor the kids aren't feeling well, and he'll arrange them home. But Max has a superpower now that he can sense and hear all this from the office, and he gets frustrated, and he beats a desk, and it breaks... And then Melanie realizes he has powers, and they have him rip off the door to the office. And he goes, what am I, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> nice. Because this was made in the 80s, uh-huh. and it was mandatory that everything had to reference Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, or Cindy Lauper. So they run into Snyder on their way out, but manage to lose him through the museum. They're like running and hiding and zaning music plays. Snyder's boss shows up and he brags about his discovery and finds the TP with the kids in it. But Max is transformed back to normal and Snyder looks like a buffoon. And he sits in his office listening to his recording, which Max says his name is Max Smith. And he decides he's going to go find him. He sure does listen to uh, that recording a lot. (laughs) I'm Max Smith, former boy. I'm Max Smith, former boy. I'm Max Smith. (laughs) What are you? Why did you hear it over and over? Can you heard it the first time? There's a clue here. There's a. He said his phone name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by the way, it's just an audio recording. It's not a video recording. It doesn't prove fucking anything. It's a kid saying "former boy" means nothing. Oh shit! Just wait. <laughs> Just wait about his audio recordings. So Max and Melanie walk home, talking about his situation, figuring out how to turn him back. And Max is like, but I like being human. Max's stomach begins rumbling, and they run home to feed him. Max senses he's changing again as Rod and Stephanie show up with the poodle. And his name's Tippy. Melanie leaves to find Max, and Rod takes Stephanie into the living room to VHS and chill. Or no, it's uh, vinyl and chill, I think. All she does is gloat about her dog. The dog goes upstairs where Max and Melanie are, and Max is transformed. The dog won't go away, keeps barking. Stephanie's worried and makes horny Rod go get her. Yeah, what, what, why is Rod into her? I don't I don't get this at all. Are, are there no other girls in town? I mean, she just goes on and on about her dog, and he's, he, it looks like he just sits there and just listens to her go on and on. She has... She has the haircut of like someone's like like aunt. You know, she's not like, like ooh, look at that foxy woman. I can't wait to get with her. Am I alone here? I mean, <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing appealing about this woman to me at all. Age did her well because she ended up being the hot mom on the OC. So she's got that. But well, not in 1986. <laughs> she certainly... Well, I guess a different haircut makes a world of difference because she does not do anything like, for me at all right here. Like, Especially because, like I said, she goes on and on about her dog. Well, yeah, that that's horrible. But no, when I was I was looking through the cast list, I was like, wait, Kelly Rowan's in this movie? I was like, wait, no. And then I was like, who was she? I was like, wait, that is not, like, doesn't look like her. Doesn't look like the Kelly Rowan that I was used to knowing. I was like, holy crap. Okay, so... Yeah, she looks way different in this. And she, yeah, if I was that dude, I'd be like, the attractiveness of her, the perceived attractiveness of her would have worn off quite fast. How many more of these dog conversations 
And I'm like, I have to sit through. It's the only thing she talks about. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yep. In the whole movie. It's the only thing she talks about is the damn dog. Dog lines. I guess this movie wouldn't pass the <clears throat> Barkdale test. <laughs> Rod comes up. Sees Max, he freaks. Stephanie comes up and they hide Max like he's a giant stuffed animal in the corner, like a real My Pet Monster. He says that's what scared the dog and Stephanie gets upset and leaves and Rod goes after her and Stephanie's mad her dog is wilted and needs groomed by Raul, her hairstylist, and she charges Mel and Rod with doing it. We really haven't addressed the monster costume so far in this thing. It looks like they took a bunch of other stuffed animals and sewed them together. It does. And made this thing. It looks awful. What? <laughs> it's just yeah. What's the what's uh, the big guy on uh, the Muppets that's not a not a Muppet? He's just a guy in a costume. Uh, I think it? it's. I want to say it's Sweetie Pie. That seems right. Sweetums. Sweetums. Yeah, close. he makes Sweetums for the Muppets look like realistic. <laughs> oh a- yeah. Oh yeah. It looks like whatever puppeteer is doing it is just like having like muscular like ticks or something as he's working the controls or it's like because the <laughs> eyes and the mouth and the eyebrows are just all over the place when they decide to move it's like they dug through like an old elementary school and they're like oh look here's the old mascot outfit i guess we could make this work i mean it's, it's got mold all over it and it's covered in you know dog piss but you know we'll figure it out God, and it looks, the eyes, the eyes. Yes. It looks like he has glaucoma. <laughs> no, <Doesn't> yeah, it? <laughs> yes. It looks like his eyes are made of, like, mint ice cream <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I, 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 uh, I, I can't even think of the other and word. And this is, this is when you actually get to see them open, too. <laughs> oh my god! They're like they seem like closed a lot of the time too. And like the the mouth, the lower part of the mouth that's supposed to be moving when it speaks. I mean, what is it like cardboard with like blue fur stapled on it? It's my god! It is terrible. Budget went to the it dog is... show scenes. <laughs> they thought they they thought big first, and they're like, "We'll we'll get the monster later. We know that's a given." Is breathtakingly terrible and when i don't know the the girlfriend comes in and sees oh my pet monster and it's like it doesn't stay like it stands there but its eyebrows are wiggling occasionally aren't you curious why it's wiggling in the corner it's enormous you'd have found a better costume on a random tuesday night out behind the jim henson studios in their dumpster Yes, you get you absolutely could have found better scraps from it. You could have. Oh my god, it is. It doesn't even look like the doll. Like that's. I mean, no. It, I know it's a My Pet Monster movie, so I know, and I know what My Pet Monster looks like. So I'm like, okay, I, yeah, that's the My Pet Monster, but it really doesn't look like it, uh, aside from color and fur. Yeah, yeah, color yeah. Color and fur. It has all of the elements of what the toy is, but just none of it. Looks like the toy, like, like the statue at the beginning where Max, you know, gets the monster powers from actually looks kind of like the toy or looks like a statue version. I'm like, oh, okay, this has got some potential. And then the actual costume comes out like, what the fuck is this? It's like my four-year-old like, came out and goes, look, I drew my pet monster. It's like, oh, that's nice, sweetie. Apparently, like 3.30 on a Friday, the person in charge of making the costume is like, oh, shit, I got to make that costume. And this was the result. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're, <laughs> we're starting Dark Crystal next week, dude. You don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> Look on the leftovers bin. So Rod and Melly go back to the bedroom. Max is gone. He's outside trying to confess to his father who's working on a car about being a monster. But before his dad turns around, Max transforms back to human. The three leave to take Tippy to the groomer. Uh, as Max's stomach gurgles, Melanie thinks his transformations have something to do with food. We then see it. Snyder is stalking their house. And then he goes to follow them in his car. D- during the car ride, Rod finds out with the bill for uh, the grooming of Tippy would be from Raul. It's $250. He flips out and decides to go somewhere cheaper, which is Carl's Cut and Curl. Carl's spelled with a K. Cut is spelled with a K. And Curl's spelled with a K. So you put that together, folks. <laughs> At the other... Carl <laughs> Carl is spelled so easily with the C. So, Why? so is Cut. So is Curl. <laughs> you had a chance to go CCC like we do. Right. You went horribly in the wrong direction. <laughs> Needlessly. 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 Like, you chose to spell the words wrong. <laughs> it was like, oh, look, you're being cute, and just drove into a disaster. At the other place here, the uh, Carl's Cut and Curl, two goons see a paper with Tippy on it and dream of winning a dog show with a dog like that. Max then fears he's going to be changing soon, and Melanie hurries to get him home as Snyder follows him on foot, and he records a transformation. He holds out his tape recorder, the audio one we talked about, <laughs> while this tra- as if he's getting video. Yeah. He believes... I'm like, wait, that is a tape recorder, sir. Like, no... Who are you convinced? Listen to the audio of this transformation, and all you hear is like, ah, with this boy. <laughs> like, like, he's going to record that with the <laughs> the audio tape, and he's going to play it back for someone. Like, well, that's clearly the sounds of a monster. My God, you found it. You've done it, Snyder. By Jove, you've gotten us the Princeton grant. You're not crazy after all. Oh, my God. Of course you're crazy, you stupid idiot. And by the way, when we see Max's transformation, we see, like, the outline of, like, a monster skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we all know that, like, well, of course, there's some kind of transformation, you know, obviously from one to the other. But to actually see, you know, his skeleton, like, oh, my God, that looks terribly painful. Yeah. Because he because he not only, you know, gets taller but wider. Like, what a terrible, painful transformation. The poor kid's already hungry, and then he has to go through this? No wonder he doesn't want to be a monster. Poor kid. And his sister's like, let's keep figuring this out. It's like, no. <laughs> Even when he turns into a monster, he's still hungry. So he's still <laughs> in pain. His sister wants a life of pain for her brother. Ah. What a jerk. What an awful sister. <sighs> Speaking of awful, Snyder gives them a chase through an abandoned building, and then it winds up in him falling into a dumpster and getting driven away. One of the uh, <clears throat> Triple K guys finds Max outside <laughs> and brings him in- inside and puts him in a cage, thinking he's a-, a blue, large dog. Come on, get back in there. It's lunchtime. Yeah, we got Chihuahua Chow Doggy Delight bologna sandwiches. Whatever your pleasure. Hey, you must be some kind of dog escape artist, eh? Here we go. No, no, no. Here, here, in here. That's a boy. Back in there. That's a good boy, yeah. <laughs> Is he, does he have the same glaucoma that the monster has? How do you, how do you think that's a 
dog. Your job is to be a dog groomer. You can't tell it's not a fucking dog. I know this is a kid's movie. I don't know. You're like, oh, you were thinking it. No. No. There's some liberties that are ridiculous. Right. It's enormous. It's enormous. And, thing. Uh, granted, he is like, he's an idiot, but come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, see all those blue dogs like, with oh, green oh, noses? Get in that cage. You filthy animal. And and when Snyder fell into like that trash bin, it splashed with like some green stuff. Maybe you have like some toxic waste animal. Like what's going on behind there? It is abandoned buildings like all over. Like where did you go? Grand, you found a Klansman's pet grooming place, but where did you go that I just thought it was a garbage truck that's for some reason full of sewer water. <laughs> like, how does Snyder not come back like this mutated villain for My Pet Monster? <laughs> Missed yeah. opportunity. <sighs> well, it's My Pet Monster. He, Dr. Snyder is no one's pet. Okay. He'd be Dr. Monster. <laughs> like My Pet Poodle. The other goon, he recognizes Tippy out with Rod in the lobby of this place, and they scheme a dog napping plot. Melanie then enters in the back, finds Max in the cage, so she goes around the front and then claims she's Max's owner and then and there to pick him up, and then the uh, idiot guy's just like, all right, here you go. Here's your dog. I came to pick up my dog. Maxie. Will you fetch him for me, please? I don't know him by name. Describe him. Oh, he's about that high. Big eyes, blue fur. Oh, yeah, yeah, the escape artist. Just a minute. Ah, that's it. Come on, come on, you're like, yeah, yeah. Come on, you need a film, don't you? Yeah. Oh, Maxie, darling. Oh, you look beautiful. Thank you very much. Hold it. What do you think? I'm stupid or something? That'll be five bucks. Put it on my tub. Oh. He got away again. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, what? Because when he was out there, he thought he already had this dog. What other dogs? <sighs> it's no wonder that they dream of a different life because they're, current, they're terrible at their current jobs. I hope they don't run this place. Now, help <laughs> me out here. Because we then go back home, and we have Rod, Melanie, and Max realizing that Tippy's been stolen, and they have to devise a plan to go rescue him. Like, when did it just... He was like, here, groom my pet. Cut to, oh, man, we need to get the dog back. Like, what? <laughs> you were you were just there. Just, like, just well, What's happening? They didn't, Just because they had a scene of bad guys devising the kidnapping doesn't mean that those kids saw that scene too, you know? <laughs> yeah, like they, they know that they're the ones that kidnapped him. Like, like, did we lose like 20 minutes of the movie? What happened? So they uh, uh, disguise Max to take him out in public? Rod's car won't start, so Melanie and Max take the shortcut, like going to school, and then Rod meets them up there. So this whole fucking scene made no... Like they got there at like the same time-ish or something. It just, why they, I don't know. He finds the store is closed. They break into it. The dog is gone. But Max can read some. He has like some superpower to read this receipt and know where they they need to go to the dog show. I I don't even know what that power is. Like, did they write? Was it that like they wrote on a pad on top of that, took the paper, and then like the the pressure marks? I mean, I guess he has like pressure vision. I guess. Yeah, I don't understand it. 
So Snyder shows up and demands that Max get in the cage and go with him. And I'd like to point out shows up because how the hell does he know that Max is there? Right. He, Did they... he hasn't been following them. He just he literally opens the door like, hey, I'm going to capture you. How did you get here? Did he talk? How to did you know gar- we were here? Did he talk to the garbage truck guy? He's like, "Hey, I need to go back to like uh, the scene of the crime here." Got a suspicion. Yeah. Got a suspicion. Well, because they left there, went home, and came back. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's not like he knew that they came. Like he just got lucky. He just got real lucky. They came back. Something's up with that pet store. Max gets in, and Snyder tells him he's going to study him, and then he pulls out. Now this is important, folks. The orange handcuffs and asked Max to put them on. Those were a big deal with My Pet Monster because you're My Pet Monster. You could put the orange. It came with the orange handcuffs that he could break free of. When I saw this, like, all right, awesome. Finally, now it's starting to look like My Pet Monster. Max then says he'll put them on if he agrees to let Melanie go. So he puts them on and then Snyder cages Melanie. So while Snyder is out, Max breaks the chains but then reverts back to human. And immediately loses the chains. Right. Gone. So that one neat thing that we got to see for, was it a minute even? Yeah, it was It was like, now it was just be- hey, guys, we forgot to do the, the chain thing. Can we, can we throw something in there? Like the prop guy's like, I don't want to lug these uh, orange plastic shackles around every day, so uh, let's just drop them. And also, why were there like obvious commercial break spots here? This yeah, was straight- I have a difficult time b- believing that this was like broadcast anywhere. Yeah, like no, it was made to be on VHS. Like, were they like, well, you know, the kids are gonna go crazy. We gotta show it on TV. Or was it supposed to be a pilot? I think. Well, maybe they were hoping to make a series. Well, we'll get to the ending later. <sighs> yeah, I bet you're right. I bet they were bet- hoping to make more. I bet this was a pilot. No one picked it up. Like, okay, well, then we'll just make it a VHS tape. That's, I bet that's exactly what happened. That's possibly it. He reverts to human. Outside, Rod wanders, waiting on his siblings. He uh, gets in there, and then asks, they ask him to get him out. Back home, Rod talks to Stephanie and says, Tippy had to be kept overnight. So the kids plan on how to get to the dog show and decide it's time to starve Max to turn him into the monster. Now, uh, Max has not been fed the entire movie, correct? That's my understanding. Yeah, I I haven't seen him eat anything. Like All all I've seen him do is like, I'm hungry. I don't like this. What awful torture this poor boy is going through. This is supposed to be like a fun, like, oh, neat, cool kids movie and... A monster, ooh, cool, fun. And then it's just a kid that's just really hungry. Right. The whole damn day. At the dog show, they can't find Tippy, so they split up. Rod bumps into Snyder, though he doesn't he doesn't know who he is. So that's kind of nice. You know, they've never run into each other. The kids have never said anything about him. Yeah. So, you know, way to go with that, knowing that. It's the best written part of the film. Uh, n- <laughs> no argument there. When he searches, he asks Tippy to bark twice if he can... If she can hear him, and there's a dog that does, but he doesn't think it's her. Then he bumps into Stephanie and her parents. The goons show up with a pink poodle, and Max's senses go off. And when they go to take action, Snyder, of course, is there. He stops him, but Max bites his leg. Like, oh. You know what that means? He's got the taste for human blood now. Yes. Nothing can see. Well, you know what? He's finally he's, gets he's hungry. He finally gets to yeah. eat. Yeah. That's why he did it, poor guy. They then bump into Rod, and then we immediately go to the grand prize award 
circle thing and Tippy is being given the grand prize and one of the guys the goons one of the Ku Klux Klan members uh, recognizes Rod and they freak Rod takes action jumping to the stage to reclaim Tippy put down that check you dog nappers it's not Coquette Dubois this is Tippy Summers ID and the goons run off with the check the dogs all escape the changes and attack Snyder well they say the sister says to Max, do something. So he just growls and roars, and that somehow makes all the dogs run out of their cages or opens all the cages or something. Like, does he have, like... My pet mating call. <laughs> but she says, do something. So his response is, I'm going to yell, and then the dogs will run around. Right. Wow. Those monster powers are really coming into effect. That's what he's trying to do. He's like showing like how ineffective and stupid these abilities are. Like, see, look how dumb this is. Can I please? Can I just have a sandwich? I don't want to do this anymore. It hurts. <laughs> these goons go to their pickup truck with the check, but Max hops on the back of it and slows it down, bringing it to a stop. He then rips off their door. He tears out their steering wheel. He snaps it in half and then eats their keys. And then there's one of those uh. commercial break things. Enjoy passing that, Max. Right. Well, yeah, again, he's hungry. Of course he ate it. He ate keys. Uh So uh, the police arrest the guys as Stephanie's dad strokes this check with great affection. And Stephanie is glowing about what everything that Rod's done. They kiss. Melanie and Max then uh, talk and he winds up changing. Uh, she's still wanting to know how they can control his changes, and they walk away from us bickering, and uh, Max mentions, You just want me to be your pet monster. So? Think of all the good you can do. It'll be fun. Or Halloween, maybe. Fighting injustice. During a full moon, Snyder pleads to a statue which lights up with red eyes, and he laughs maniacally, throwing his hands into the air, never to be continued. <laughs> and uh, we then get credits with just uh, still drawings of the cartoons from the opening credits uh, set to Monster Mash again. Wasn't the monster that he was standing in front of, wasn't that a other shitty monster that we mentioned earlier? Or am I making that it up? Might... I, I don't remember specifically what it looked like, but I do remember it had like black fur. I vaguely remember that, but that's about all I remember. Well, there's three statues. Right. There's one in the mm. middle. Uh, yeah. I... I could I could research it. I choose not to. Yeah, I'm good. I regret nothing. I'm good. But yeah, that was shitty Alf. <laughs> At the end, they're just walking away. I just thought that, you know, Max won't have to worry about being a monster because he'll be dead from starvation. <laughs> Max, don't eat the keys. And please don't video Melanie in the shower, okay? Oh, Willie. God. He'd like this movie. It's got kids in it. <laughs> oh! So, so this movie didn't spawn the TV show. Maybe it wanted to, but it, there was a cartoon that followed the next year that ran for a season was canceled. But it did like retain people from this movie to be a part of it. And then like everybody in the cartoon pretty much went on to make the Beetlejuice cartoon. Oh wow. Yeah, that's one significant thing with this movie is like like every like seriously like everyone who worked on this went on to work on Beetlejuice. It's like, "Oh, you got my pet monster canceled, but we're doing Beetlejuice next week, okay, everybody?" <laughs> that's what it's kind of like. But people did things. People like the, the director, Timothy Bond, he wrote one of my favorite slasher movies. He wrote What's that? Happy Birthday to Me. 
He did a lot of episodes of the Friday the 13th television show. He did seven episodes of the Alfred Hitchcock's Presents revival in the late 80s. He did a lot of things. Like, he's got a pretty hefty career of, like, directing things. The writer, J.D. Smith, he was the storyboard artist for Inspector Gadget, the original cartoon, and does a lot of kids' shows. And Allison Court, who played Melanie, the sister, mm-hmm. she is the voice of Jubilee from the 90s X-Men cartoon. Wow. And she was Claire Redfield in all the Resident Evil games. She was one of the Garbage Pail Kids, Terry Cloth. She oh. was a voice of one of the Ewoks that in the cartoons. Get, all right. Okay. Um, Keep that on your resume, but get, you can take the... Mm-hmm. Garbage pale kids thing off. No one wants that. She she did. She was Lydia on the Beetlejuice cartoon. She was one of the voices of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, the cartoon. She did Tales from the Crypt Keeper. God, I cannot believe how many things I have watched that she's been. She's in. been in a ton. It, it's crazy. She's, yeah, she's done a lot of Marvel cartoons. Yeah, she's got a quite the res like impressive voice acting resume. I looked, I was like, holy crap! I've heard a lot of her work. She was most recently she's been in the the newer Inspector Gadget cartoon as Wendy. So her voice acting is a lot more impressive than uh, Max's voice acting. Yes, yeah. he he didn't do too much. Uh, how, how would you describe Max's performance? Like I, uh, as I said, here. as I said, I'm glad it, he was in the mon. I mean, it's no better than when he was live action <laughs> i mean ah! i was like they picked the right kid to have hidden in a monster costume they just like picked the first one that came in like you're hired can you be here on these <laughs> on these dates and times great you're in yeah i wonder if they even put him in that costume oh i'm sure they didn't yeah but yeah so like yeah so people people did stuff it's kind of just like fascinating and like the extensions of this fascinated me like one of the guys like like if there was some one of these people like if there was a uh syndicated show back in the late 80s or early to mid 90s this guy directed it everything but star trek the next generation like this or, and wow. baywatch this guy was all over it it was like forever night and like all those shows <laughs> like friday the 13th as i mentioned was one of them but like these people have these interesting just ties that were like completely of that era can we address how they uh using the word pet a little loosely? Yeah, like they barely, barely could call this my pet monster. It's more yeah. like my brother monster than anything <laughs> else. There's yeah, that's gross that she could consider her brother her pet. I think the real monster is the sister. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's forcing him she wants to, to transform his it- powers. Yeah, and she's like, oh, think about the good he can do with it. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. He's like, yeah, maybe I don't want to be a monster. I'm 10. Yeah, I, I, How about you back off? At the point where the guy is at the, where they're at the white jumper wearing guy's uh, poodle grooming place, and they put him in a cage with other dogs, I'm like, is this how they qualify this as pet monster? <laughs> oh, is this how they're yeah. doing it? It's Yeah, it's so loose. And they really know that they haven't done this by having him drop that line at the end that's so much louder than everything else, where he's like, what, you want... You, want me to be your pet monster i'm like okay yeah because you never said my pet monster anywhere and he wasn't a pet he was someone's brother i only wish that he would have said the pet monster line and looked into the camera that's what i wish would have happened 
Uh, why didn't the statue just come to life and be the monster? Yeah, why does it need like a human host? Like, I- I'm thinking like this just it just overly complicates things. And if the, the thing comes to life and then they're trying to live at home and hide it from their parents, like a, that'd be their pet monster. It would be their pet monster, not their fucking brother. An, yeah, an actual monster. Like you've already got the suit. Just you know, do some bullshit where it's like, oh, wibbly wobbly. Now it's fucking a monster. Statue to monster, real easy. Stupid. You fucked up. Bad writing. I mean, you could change the kid into a monster. You could easily do the statue. And you wouldn't have to... Oh, God. Dumb. No time for breakfast, Julie. I'm late. Oh. Well, you'll be missing out on what could become Julie's special recipe, number 52. Uh, I've got a city planners meeting at nine. It's a nutritionally fortified prune shake. My loss. I'm sure your readers will love it. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched as we are cult cinema cavalcade. We keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means yeah, stay with your family. Don't don't wander off in the museum. Don't get turned into a monster. Converted, which means all right, this happened, but we're cool. We're gonna figure out how to keep me human. It's it's all right. I could turn into a monster at times, but it's fine. Or drink the Kool-Aid, which means you got to figure this thing out like Melanie. You need to know how to starve your brother to death and keep him turning into a monster to do good for the world of pet shows and poodle contests. Uh, Cullen, how do you rate my pet monster? Well, what this was, I don't know, like 40, I don't know. It's short. So let's get, that's its strongest point. It's short. I can't even call it a movie. Because it's not even an hour long. The toy was awesome. Uh, and I know it's not made for us, like I said. Well, I mean, it was. It was made for us. <laughs> it was meant for our old self, our younger self. <laughs> yeah, our previous selves. Previous. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not current selves. So I, I bet if I was like a kid, I would really be into it. But as a full-grown man, like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah, if, um, if you really like the toy... And we're curious what the hell this was. I can understand if you'd watch it. But honestly, folks, I uh, stay with my family on this one. <laughs> Brandon, how do you rate my pet monster? I mean, this, this movie is obviously a marketing ploy of selling more plushies and trying to stretch out its lifespan to other avenues. And this is a movie that has no idea what to do with this. And it, it shows. It's like. How can we make uh, a movie that doesn't do too much so we don't spend a lot of money uh, on this thing? And it's, uh, like I said, shit Alf. That's uh, pretty much what this is. It's, um, I don't know, it's it's short. That's a positive thing to say about it, right? Yeah. Right. It's short. Um, it's no real charm. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not, I mean, it is what you think it's going to be going in. If you grew up in this era and you're returning back to something, there's no no fondness, no nostalgia. I have more nostalgia looking at that VHS box than I had at any point in this movie. I, I you know, stay with my family, of course. If you need the quick tweet review or short review, it's uh, shitty alf. Hashtag. Hashtag shitty alf. Bye, kids. It's me, your friend, Grandpa. I gotta tell you, I am starting a new club, and I want you to join. It's called the Junior Vampires of America. I mean, you'll hear scary monster stories. Now, 
to call, you got to ask your parents' permission and call this phone number, 1-900-909-4300. You'll hear all about my monster friends. Learn how to get a free vampire patch and a list of special vampire tricks and secrets. So call 1-900-909-4300. Learn how to scare your friends, even yourself. Join Grandpa Junior Vampires of America Club, and I will make you a junior vampire. Hey, kids, call 1-900-909-4300. That's 1-900-909-4300 to hear Grandpa's scary stories and join the Junior Vampires Club. Just $2 a first minute, 45 cents each additional. Ask Mom or Dad first. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade... It's that time of year, folks. It's Linda Blair's birthday episode, and this year we'll be celebrating it with Witchery from 1988 that co-stars David Hasselhoff. So he's coming to celebrate with us. The Hoff is here on the Cavalcade. As always, thank you thank you for tuning in. We're here in 2019 and ready to talk more questionable films uh, for your listening pleasure and hopefully have some of our favorite guests return and some new guests come on to enjoy our form of fun torture or enjoyment. It's a, it's a dice roll, honestly, with our show. I call it Forcher. Forcher. There we go. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, as we head into every year at any episode, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling people about it. Thank you for just liking something. Uh, we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned to the trailer for Witchery, the trailer that actually trails. My dad wants to buy this island right there. You shouldn't go there. That's a bad place. A witch lives there. Are you ready? To be scared right through to your mortal soul by a movie so frightening you'll plead for mercy cringe in terror and beg for more witchery there are three doors to the dark side lust avarice and ire Take a haunting journey. Linda for the lust. To the darkest caverns of your mind. And rose for the greed. It is here that she waits. And Aya of the persecuted witch. It is here she watches. It's all part of an ancient ritual. A satanic ritual. To work her terrible magic. What's happening? We're trapped in this place. With a brutal vengeance. Linda Blair. David Hasselhoff. Witchery. It's no laughing matter. For listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. 
Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. My pet monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. And he's your friend, too. He breaks his chains. Put him on you and break away, too. With my pet monster, you're busting loose. He's big. And scary. And helps people, too. And he's your friend, too. My pet monster plays all day. Tough. Awesome. Looking great. And all your friends will want him for their friend, too. My pet monster has breakaway chains from Amtoy and American Greetings Company.